Welcome to Tales of History and Imagination. Eccentric Tales from History by Simone Whitlow. Today's tale begins on the night of 16th August, 1660, in the town of Camden, Gloucestershire. William Harrison, the 70-year-old steward of Viscountess Camden, had left on a two-mile walk to the town of Charingworth, but had never returned. Sent to collect the rents for his ladyship, a job Harrison had done for some years, he would have carried a considerable sum of money with him on the way home. Worried some ill had befallen her husband, Mrs. Harrison sent a servant, John Perry, out to look for his master. Neither man would return to the house that night. The next morning, William's son, Edward, set off for Charingworth. On his way, he met Perry, who stated William was never at the town. This was hardly the case. Stopping at the village of Ebrington, halfway between the two towns, a man recorded only as Daniel stated William stopped to chat with him on his way home, then carried on his way. The two men detoured to the town of Paxford, where no one had seen him, but someone had seen a hat, band and comb abandoned on the road to Camden. Heading back towards home, they found the items and identified them as William's. The items had been hacked up and were covered in blood. The two men scoured neighbouring fields for any sign of William. Whatever misfortune had befallen him, they hoped against hope to find him alive, taking cover among the crops, or hiding up a tree. Before long, half the village of Camden came out to help, searching uphill and down dale for the rent collector. Their efforts were for naught. William Harrison was declared missing, presumed deceased. On 18th August, John Perry was brought before the Justice of the Peace, on suspicion of having murdered his master. Under questioning, Perry claimed he left home between 8 and 9pm, stopping to speak with a William Reed on the way. He shared with Reed his fear of being on foot on the road so late at night, then turned back, telling Reed he would borrow Edward's horse and ride to Charingworth. Perry arrived home and took a rest in the henroost instead. At around midnight he ventured back out, on foot, but finding himself enveloped in heavy fog, he wandered till he got lost. He then went to sleep under a hedgerow. At daybreak, the servant rushed to Charingworth, finding William had collected £23 in rent, about US dollars at time recording, from Edward Pleisterer, and had stopped by William Kirst's home, although William hadn't been there to greet him. The Justice of the Peace asked Perry why he felt afraid to travel the road at 9pm, but not at midnight. Perry explained the moon was high above at midnight, so he could see his surroundings better. Why did he return and not check if his master was back? Not once as it turned out that night, but as the men pressed him for answers three times. Perry answered he could see a light on in his master's chamber window, so he knew his master had not returned. John Perry was arrested and taken to jail where he was further interrogated. To his jailers he repeated his tale, but to one prisoner he told of seeing his master killed by a tinker, another that a servant of another well-heeled Camdenite was the murderer. John Perry claimed William's body was stashed in town right under the noses of the searchers, 
When brought back before the Justice of the Peace and presented with this evidence, John Perry claimed William was murdered, but he was not the killer. When asked who killed him, he pointed the finger at his own brother and mother. Ever since he'd taken up employment with a tax collector, his mother Joan and brother Richard were on him to rob Harrison. The Perrys were so poor and impoverished while old William was lording it around as rich as Croesus, all from the collection of rents. According to his family, it was only just that they ambushed him one night and lightened his pockets. Neither Harrison nor the Viscountess would have missed the stolen money. Now John Perry refused to be party to such a scheme. His family, however, eventually wore him down, so he provided his kin with the route for the 16th. John Perry claimed on the night of the murder, he was sent out to look for his master. At a distance of about a bow shoot from Camden Church, he claimed he met Richard, who led him to the scene of William Harrison's assault. With Joan guarding him, Harrison was splayed across the roadside and begging his attackers to spare his life. Richard responded by strangling the life out of him. The Justice of the Peace gave the order to arrest Richard and Joan Perry immediately. On 25th August 1660, Richard and Joan were interrogated. They denied the charges, all the while John was in the room, constantly refuting their claims of innocence. Unfortunately for Richard, he'd also been carrying a length of string at the time of his arrest. When he slyly tried to dump the string on his way to the justice, it was assumed he was trying to hide the murder weapon. The three would all be tried twice for murder, the first trial inconclusive due to there being no body. On the second trial the following spring, all three were found guilty and hanged from the gallows. Had the story ended there, it wouldn't have been terribly remarkable. Though rare, servants did occasionally knock off a master and decamp with their money. What makes this tale, often referred to as the Camden Wonder, interesting, is in 1662, William Harrison reappeared. He disembarked a ship from Lisbon, Portugal, with quite a tale to tell. Harrison claimed he made it to Charingworth on the 16th and did his rounds, but came back a little light. Many of the tenants were still out in the fields. All the same, having collected £231, he was on his way home when accosted by two highwaymen outside of Ebrington. He tried to fight the men off with his cane, but his attackers drew swords and stabbed him in the thigh. Bound in irons, his pockets emptied, Harrison was taken to a house, then later a ship, where he was nursed back to health. Six weeks later, he stated he was sold to pirates from the Barbary coast and taken to the Ottoman Empire, modern-day Turkey. One might ask why Turkish pirates would want to pay for a slave of Harrison's age. He lied and told the pirates he was a doctor by trade. Harrison claims he was purchased as a slave by an 87-year-old physician who took pity on him as a fellow healer. William Harrison claimed his master lived for close to two more years and on his passing, he took his sole possession, a silver drinking bowl the doctor had given him, and pawned it with sailors for his passage home. Much has been made in the years since as to the veracity of William Harrison's tale. It is likely three innocent people were wrongly hanged. 
everything else is very much up for interpretation. In one likely scenario, William took the money and ran. He left his old life behind and jumped a ship for somewhere warmer or more exciting, or where he simply planned to live out the rest of his days, maybe with a secret lover, far, far away, where nobody knew him. Perhaps he lived the high life till the money ran out, or he fell out with his lover, or he grew homesick. Had he travelled to Portugal, he would have arrived a little over a year after the nation declared a truce with neighbouring Spain. The two nations having uneasily concluded a 20-year war for Portuguese independence. In 1662, Portugal were inundated with soldiers, mostly Scottish veterans of Oliver Cromwell's new model army. Cromwell's interregnum had been a military regime, at one point the nation being split into 11 administrative regions, each run by their own major general. Charles II, who took the throne the year Harrison disappeared, was quick to disband many units, and sent many more out to help his allies abroad. You can't help but wonder if the restoration of the king was a motive in William's disappearance, or if the arrival of a large number of his countrymen a reason to hot-foot it back to his homeland. And then there is the possibility that this man was not William Harrison at all. It is said that in those days people were far more face-blind. There weren't so many people having portraits done. And of course this was a long, long time before cameras. A lot of people may not have even had mirrors in their houses. Is it possible this man was a con man who'd heard the story abroad and had come back deciding Mrs. Harrison was an easy mark? One mysterious side to the story is that Mrs. Harrison herself did commit suicide two years after, and we don't really know why. And then, of course, it is possible he was kidnapped by a couple of knights of the road. Of course, there were some highwaymen predating this era, but the release of large numbers of soldiers from their commissions on Charles II's return, it caused a boom of aggravated robberies along isolated roads at night. These men needed a wage and in the absence of one, turned to crime, kicking off the golden age of the highwaymen. Although one still wonders why all the effort to keep William alive, then to sell him to Ottoman pirates. Which brings us to another possibility. Some writers suggest Edward Harrison himself was behind the robbery. It's been suggested Edward hatched a plot to kidnap his father, to get him out of the way. Once he was gone, Edward would be man of the house, and may even pick up his father's lucrative rent collection duties. If William was sent far enough away, surely the plot would never be uncovered. With the absence of a body, it must have seemed no hapless helpers, save the Perry family, would ever be held responsible. His disappearance would just be another obscure mystery waiting to be stumbled upon by history writers hundreds of years later. What happened in the case of a Camden Wonder? This many years after the fact, I doubt we'll ever know. Thanks for listening. This has been Tales of History and Imagination. All episodes written by me, Simone Whitlow. Produced and all music, yours truly. Visit the blog historyandimagination.com Links to social media and liner notes. We have a Facebook and a Twitter, even a Pinterest. We also have a Patreon if you wish to help support the show and keep it going. If you have enjoyed the show, please leave a positive review. 
We'll be back in two weeks' time for more tales of history and imagination.